I'm Derek Thornton. I'm B. Golden. Welcome to Two Truths and a Dozen Lies. Welcome to episode 15 Welcome. of Two Truths and a Oh my gosh! For episode 12, we should have made a Two Truths and a Dozen Lies joke. Like literally a done and a dozen, a dozen lies. lies in our two truths and lies. Well, well, I guess we'll have to do that on episode two hundred and twelve. <gasps> That's four years from now. Okay, yeah. um, Bob Ross, write that down. You okay. remind us. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, welcome to episode fifteen. This mm. is B. <laughs> Hi. Hi. That's Derek. Um, and here's... <laughs> you uh, want to tell me your two truths and a lie? No, I'll tell, I'll tell it. I have two two sets that I came up with. And I'm going to go with the one that celebrates me more. Because obviously I need attention. Because I haven't hung out with my friends all week. Because stuff happened. Which I'll bring up next week. When I cover my stuff. But... Yeah. Here's A. <laughs> Here's a truth or a lie. Um, <clears throat> I got the maximum amount of scholarship available to those with accessibility needs through the university. So that's A. B. I'm officially done with all my makeup work and only have one thing to do before I apply to my program. And C. <laughs> on Father's Day last week, my dad texted me, Who's your daddy? Because I had not contacted him because I had not woken up till two in the afternoon. Nice. <laughs> Which one's the lie? What was A again? Um, I got the maximum amount of scholarship available to, like, through the UAC. Un- the huh. University Accessibility Center. Uh, I'm just gonna be. Is that a lie? Yeah. 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 Cool. I have stuff to do, but I need the TA who's in charge of my makeup work to contact me so I can turn in all my stuff. And it's stressing me out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got the full scholarship available. They felt really bad about... Is, yeah, is that is that, like, a decent amount of money? It's um, half, half tuition. Nice. Which is really nice, big nice. for me, who's... I mean, I... You write an essay... Uh, BYU, you write essays to get scholarships, and then most of it's the GPA, unless you apply for other ones. Like me, I applied through the UAC since I'm a client there. And they're like, I, I don't even know what I wrote about, but I probably wrote about being burnt out, but not being able to take a break because I need to learn and I need to graduate so that I can pay off my $20,000 medical bill from um, my last surgery. And they're like, well, shoot, sorry, bro. But thanks for staying in school. That's pretty rad of you. Here's a scholarship. Um, nice. And only five applicants out of the 200 UAC clients get it. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. <laughs> well, money is always great. Money. And then, yeah, my dad really texted me, who's your daddy? Because he was salty. I hadn't messaged him on Father's Day. But I hadn't slept in nice. like three days before and had slept in. Anyways. Oops. Although, though technically, you're not really <laughs> getting any money. It's sort of just like a half-off coupon, you know? Still, it frees up money because I'm not having oh, to yeah, pay the six, you're not 680. You're not all of the stankin' money. Well, because, like, you, loans only cover so much. You have to prove that, like, you're oh, yeah. going to pay it. So you have to pay 680 every semester, which is 
always been a really hard thing for me to gather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, makes it so you're not as in debt with student loans later. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Woo-hoo. Well, I guess I have two truths to lie. Tell me. Hit it's, me. It's the My Body Hurts edition. <laughs> um, okay, number one, I went to the gym this week and all my muscles are completely like exhausted. So I, I really can't move. Okay, that's number one. Dang. Well, I mean, like I went to the, I go to the gym every week, but this this week I went especially hard because I was like pretty high energy this week with anxiety and crap. So sorry. <laughs> um, number two, um, I injured my elbow rolling down a hill, and now it's like super bruised, but you can't even see the bruise, which is weird. Anyways, <laughs> and number three, <clears throat> I have that weird like finger thing in my left hand that I did. What was that like two weeks ago where it just like hurts like sporadically, you know, and it's like not the joints. It's like in between the joints. I re- oh, man, that's hard. Yeah. Um, what's, what's I know your lie? arm feels bruised because I was there for the rolling down of the hills. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I know. Um, the gym thing felt too specific. Because you went into detail. So I'm going to go with C. She's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. It only hurt that one time. Just while I was in your apartment, there was a ghost. <gasps> okay, but I actually had like a ghosty experience. Not last night, but the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was up late and then I there's like this little orb of light kind of just like going out in like my peripheral and I turn and it'll be there for a second and go in. I'm like, either I'm not doing well or there's a ghost in here so i'm just it gonna was go to bed tinkerbell listen i'd be down <laughs> yep I, it's definitely peter pan who's been visiting your room not just tinkerbell well his shadow has been hanging out in there and tinkerbell's ah, yeah. there to retrieve it obviously so. that's who's been hurting my hand dang peter pan dang peter pan but apparently he got a shadow back because my fingers are fine now okay <laughs> well that was that was really fun yeah. What do you say we talk about a band? A band? A band. Which band? I don't know. Oh, man. How? But they found me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Good one. Yeah. Look at us. I, I don't know how, but they found me. <laughs> Commonly known as I Don't Know How or IDK How. It is a duo Ooh. of Don Weeks and Ryan Seaman. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's a seaman. Okay, in order to talk about IDK How, we have to talk about these two individuals because um, they've both been around in the music industry for a very long time. Yes. This is definitely not their first project. They're both like like 40. So Wait, they're 40? Um, I don't... Ryan um, looks early 30s Dallin, to me. Dallin is 40 and I think Ryan is like 38. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Okay, actually that does make sense because Dallin has like children. Yeah. Like, multiple. Like, so, he literally sampled his daughter's voice on one of his tracks. So. It was so cute. Oh, uh-huh. um, I don't, we haven't mentioned it, uh, but I help run a festival called Fork Fest in Utah, and um, we got to meet them this past. I didn't. Oh, uh, well. Beat it. I did. And Derek got to. I got to see them perform. 
Yes, very up close and personal. Very close. For, I was like maybe like 15 feet away from for down. Free. Next year, Derek can come backstage if Derek is in town. I'll be performing, you know. I'll be the headline artist, you know. Literally, I have people who... I can hook you up now. I just need a band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You and um, Carrie and um, Bridget. That's your new band. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Oh, and Amanda. Anyways. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> Girl band plus Derek. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Well, you have anything you want to say specifically? Um. You want to taint the image before we go into it? Okay, that was actually my biggest pet peeve is there are people. Okay. If you work for Forkfest, stop listening. There are people. <laughs> there are people on the team that were part of the writer team, which is fulfilling artists' requests and whatever. And they're like, "Well, they only gave it to us a few days before," which, like, okay, yeah, they had months to do it, but that's actually pretty normal to only send your writer in about a week before so that mm-hmm. they can keep it up to date. Um, and they're not sending you multiple copies, and it's not confusing. That's very normal. I get why it's frustrating, but it's normal. Um, and then they're like, oh, their their list is so crazy. The things they want. But I literally have a copy of it. It was just like chips and like salsa. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it was not that bad. Yeah. And I, I felt bad because I felt people were really frustrated with them. Like, oh, they're such divas. But they they weren't. And as someone who took a lot of um, courses in tour managing, because I was going to help tour manage a pretty big band last year, um, you know, before COVID hit, um, I I felt bad because like they're just like some normal dudes. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna talk about this, but like based off what I read, I feel like Dallin Weeks is like one of like the nicest guys in the music industry. Yes. Um, just just based off of some of the stuff about his uh, history with other bands, but... his mannerisms really reminded me of you. When I was talking mm-hmm. to him, I was like, I oh. am him. You guys are the same. <laughs> or no, I'm just him reincarnated, but like time is not linear, and so it makes obviously. sense. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about Don Weeks first because, you know, he we cool. have a, I have a lot more to talk about Don Weeks because he's been in the spotlight for a lot longer, and so there's a lot more information out about him. So. I got to see Ryan interact with people more, so I'll I'll go You'll, in there. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Don Weeks. Um, in, um, basically, so... Um, here's what I have written about him just to give a short spiel. Um, in the modern era of music, Dallin Weeks has been one of the most successful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints in the music scene. Um, in my opinion, maybe only like Brandon Flowers and Dan Reynolds and maybe Cascade have been more of an influence on American culture as members of the church. Cascade had members of the church in him? Oh, Cascade is just a single dude. I don't I know his real know name. I guess I did not know a lot about Cassidy. He's just a DJ. You know? Oh. Just a just a Mormon <gasps> oh, DJ, you know? Oh, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, My he friend does like literally a lot of remixes just at one of their of concerts. Stuff, so, um, anyways, um, I mean, technically, Brendan Urie was a member of the church, but he left the church before he... Is Dylan Week still in the church? Yes. Oh. He's still a member, yeah. He, he doesn't really talk about religious stuff a lot because... Um, that's really not like his whole thing. Um, there's a lot of like members who are like super like, like that's how they sell their tickets is they're like, I'm a member of the church. Here's all my church mm-hmm. music. Um, but Don Weeks does like, 
he, he has a whole entirely different brand that appeals more to people outside of the church as well as those inside. So cool. Mm hmm. Because, um, <laughs> while I was backstage hanging out with all the people, um, I got to hang out with the basis of Neon Trees for a bit, which was probably going to be. Fork Fest? Yeah. He was just hanging out there. So, okay. Can, can I spill that tea real fast? Sure. <laughs> um, so, I don't know how is friends with the fictionist who the fictionist has all kind they've like splintered up but this was a kind of a reunion show for them um but one of the fictionists are now guitar is the lead guitarist for the killers uh one of them teaches at BYU blah 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 um but so they're really good friends with Dell and Weeks like they kind of all used to play together it's like us and Ziri Co in 19 miles per hour and yeah. rally like we're all just kind of friends right now, well, right? I don't know how ha literally had the fictionist, at least two of the fictionists, come on stage to do a little, yeah, a um, little like fun little bit. But. It was really cute. Um, but they, so they're all friends, and Neon Trees was part of that group, and so it was kind of for me a little bit of a splinter. It hurt my head because I was in charge of making sure that no one was backstage that wasn't supposed to be backstage or have. Uh, the backstage pass access and the, I don't know how I thought the fictionist had put the dude from neon trees on their list and vice versa. And so the neon trees didn't end up on anyone's list, but I'm like, I know your buddies and y'all need to like hang out together. And I go up to Corey Fox from Valor and I'm like, Hey, hey buddy, <laughs> what should I do here? And he's like, just get them backstage passes. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and that's the move that got me working with Corey Fox. Um, for future stuff, but... Nice. <laughs> yes. Because he's like, I like you. You're organized, but you also will break the rules, unlike other people. <laughs> um, and he... Anyways, it was kind of an ordeal. I was able to get them their passes, and I just went up to him afterwards, or, like, during the concert. I was like, hey, this is, like, weird. I don't normally say stuff like this, but... Um, you were the first festival I ever worked in 2015. Neon Trees came to Arts, Beats, and Eats in Royal Oak, Michigan. And because I was the one LDS member in my entire community, mm -hmm. <laughs> they were like, ah, yes, let's put her as the backstage liaison. Nice. Because, um, because there's because the LDS trees, connection. You know? And it led to me now working festivals and, like, a love of serving my music community and... I was like, gonna just say that and be like, thank you. And he was like, wait, that's so cool. And we actually talked for an hour about like church stuff and finding the balance between all of that. And it was, it was really cool. I should have recorded it, but I wasn't expecting it to mm -hmm. last. So. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Nice. You, you just, you just get to meet all the coolest people, you know? Next. Oh, well, if you're in town next year, you can. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably be like hanging out with like all the celebs in Hollywood. So, Hollywood. And yeah, in Hollywood. But, uh, <laughs> did um, you even notice he said Hollywood? Oh yeah, of course. I okay. Did. Yeah. Um anyways. So we'll get back to talking about Down Weeks. Okay. True or false, Down Weeks was born in Utah. True. False. Dang. Um he was born in Missouri in <laughs> 1981. Um he, but he uh was raised in Clearfield in Utah. And he went to Clearfield oh. High. Um uh, where's Clearfield? Uh somewhere. Okay. I, I think it's like in Salt Lake County somewhere. I'm I actually have like no idea. I just know that it's in Utah. Um, All right. 
Um, anyways, he's he's six years older than Brendan Urie, so. How did they meet, connect? Um, we'll get into that. Okay. okay. True or false, he served as a missionary in Oklahoma. True. That is true. All right. Um, in 2002, um, right after Weeks got home from his mission, he formed a popular local band called the Brobecks, and open, <laughs> who opened for Fall Out Boy, among others. Um, and true or false, during this time, Weeks was offered contracts by both Interscope and Sony if, and only if, he would drop his bandmates and become a solo act. Ah. True or false? It, I think that's true. It's true. Same thing happened with um, Roseburg, and that's why Roseburg no longer exists. Like, he played with the Brobecks for, like, six-some years yeah. after he was offered to go solo with, so he's like, super big loyal. labels. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, one of the reasons why I, like, am, like, super impressed by him. He is the anti-Brendan Urie, so. <laughs> Shoot! Anyways. Now this brings us to Panic at the Disco. You're going to create some hate. People are going to be mad that hey, you're calling him Brandon out Brandon so Urie is great. There's a lot of people who just work better alone. Um, I think that Brandon Urie's best work has been when he's worked with other people, namely Down Weeks. But, um, you know, sometimes people just, you know, like to go head off on their own and, like, do their own creative thing. He's got so. that voice. Yeah, he is an incredible singer. And some people just want to hear him sing. They don't care about anything else. Anyways. Anyways. True or false? Um, Weeks played in the Brobecks and Panic at the Disco at the same time for four years. True. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a little, like, off kilter. Yeah, yeah. He, he like, balanced both bands for four years. That's incredible, but. It was crazy because Dallin Weeks walked out to the merch booth. Like, in the middle of the day to be like, hey, how's our merch selling? And they're like, well, we already sold out. It was like oh, two. Yeah. You should have yeah, you should have brought a lot more. Yeah, I, I went over to the merch booth and there were just like all of the, all of the, I don't know how merch was just gone. Yeah. And but like. It's fine. I don't, I don't buy merch anyways because that's like expensive. But the, I don't know how merch was like extremely reasonably priced. It was like the cheapest merch there. Yeah. And. Actually, I managed one of the bands who played there. I was not in charge of any of the booking. It was not nepotism. I mean, we you know how we feel about connections or whatever, but I really did not have... I just submitted them, and then I kept my mouth shut. Anyways, but we, we actually... We saw their prices, and we're like, we need to adjust our hat prices because our hats are overpriced compared to the I don't know how hats. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but... Yeah. I saw some people with some rally merch. I did so. too. And there there was one girl in the crowd who was wearing like the OG crappy rally shirt. And I was like, you've been a fan for a while because we don't sell that shirt anymore. Uh-huh. You know, you know the funniest merch connection though is that <laughs> um I I went and saw Mount Everett on the uh on the what is it, the forest, forest stage? Yeah. And they had a song called Little Blue Hat. And, and I know, Rally has a little and blue hat. Rally had a little blue hat. I can't remember who it was in our friend group that went and bought a little blue Rally hat after they Shay. saw. Yeah. Shay Potter, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was inspired at all by the Mount Everett song, but like she saw both Rally and Mount Everett. And so maybe that's just like that like little match made in heaven there that just made her buy that mer- merch. But, you know. I'm like trying to figure out a way to promote. You can DM me and I'll get you some 
rally merch for a reasonable price. I'm going to DM you. Do you not have any rally merch? I don't have any rally merch. Oh, well. I, I don't. I Literally, the only merch I own is like AJR merch that I bought okay. when I was a teenager. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. I have so many true or falses. I, I just. I was not prepared to be quizzed this much. Okay. True or false? False. You got it right. Okay. The true or false was Weeks was part of the founding members of Panic of the Disco, and that is false. Um, Panic of the Disco, here's some background. Brendan Urie formed the band in 2004 with his high school friends. Um, it was basically just a high school band. Um, in 2008, John Walker and Ryan Ross, some of the original members, left due to creative differences to um, create a different band, The Young Veins. Um, Yuri and Spencer Smith were the only rem- remaining members and went against an agreement made earlier between all the band members that both duos would rebrand. Um, so anyways, this other band that was John Walker and Ryan Ross, the Young Veins, they lasted for like a couple of years. Um, and so like, I, I guess it doesn't like, it doesn't matter that much that Brendan Yuri and, uh, Spencer Smith, um, kept the name Panic of the Disco, but it kind of jaded some people. Well, mainly just the two other band members, but anyways. <laughs> and their fans. Yeah, but their fans don't really seem to care all that much because most of them don't even know about that little story. But yes. just some some a deep cut some there, you know. Okay, then Down Weeks came into the picture in 2010. Um, he was heavily involved with the albums Too Weird to Die, Too Rare to Live, and Death of a Bachelor. Um, it's the death of a... That everyone plays that at their wedding, just so you know. Well, yeah, because that's literally what the song is about. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and I know, in my opinion, I think this these are some of the best al- Panic albums. Um, but uh, I don't know where I have this written down. But oh, it's it's a little bit later. And we'll talk about Death of a Bachelor, the album, and why Down Weeks does <laughs> not have a single credit on the album. Okay. Wait, he doesn't? Nope. Okay. True or false? Down Weeks was in the band longer than anyone other than Yuri. True. False. Oh. Although, sort of true. Um, Spencer Smith was in the band for nine years officially. Wow. Um, but he had some uh, alcoholism and uh, prescription du- drug addiction that Oof. kind of kept him from being in the band a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and so he wasn't as involved um, as down weeks was at least when they were in it at the same time and then i feel like after spencer smith left um i feel like weeks had a little bit more of an influence on brendan yuri than smith did have yeah. on yuri when they were to give like our audience most of our audience are not part of bands um when we say band members aren't always involved usually there's the person who kind of directs the creative artistic vision through songwriting and how things are going to go when you go and record, um, how you're going to mark, like there's someone kind of directing that there's someone kind of helping set up those appointments to test out these, the writing sessions, whatever. Um, and then there's like the people who just kind of show up to play and do what they're told. Um, all very important. You need, you kind of need a mix because you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, just like when Derek says that someone wasn't as involved, they prob like there are different levels in 
yeah, being basically, a participant yeah. in a band. Yeah, it, it gets really complex, especially when you have, like, a very vocal leading man with Brendan Urie who, like, literally does, like, takes all the creativity into his own hands and, like, makes it his job to make sure that everything goes perfectly. Um, and it's not really exactly a whole, like, team effort um, when Brendan Urie is pulling most of the load just because he wants to. But, you know, um, anyways... In 2015, okay, we're, we're going to talk about why did why did Dallin Weeks leave the band? Why did he leave the why band? Why did he leave the I band? I don't know how. Um, Brendan Urie. That's why he left the band. That's okay. why everybody leaves the band. I thought okay. they, were, they were amicable. Um, Maybe in the public eye, but um, myself and a lot of other people think that um, um, Leave Me Alone... Um, oh. The song is directed specifically at Brendan Urie, and we'll talk about. Leave some me of the alone. Is Brendan why. Urie like. I want you. Harassing to him? Leave me alone. Um, no. Okay, just get, but tell your story. It's, it's, towards, it's towards Urie, and very much more specifically, um, I mean, it's mostly towards Urie. Well, we'll talk dang, about the dang, whole. Dang. Tell me the tea. Tell me the tea. Okay, just a second. I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> okay. In 2015, after some creative disagreements, you know, because those those are the those are always what they call any sort of disagreement, just because um, that's sort of how bands work. If there's any sort of disagreement, it's creative. Anyways, in 2015, after some creative disagreements, Yuri demoted Weeks to a touring member. Um, which means that, like, basically he's just at the same level as all the random members who just go on tour all the time with Yuri, which technically there's a bunch of band members in Panic. They're just all touring members, and Yuri is the only, like, official member of the band. So wait, why did he demote him? After a disagreement Creative that we don't disagreements. know about? Okay. Um, basically, um, I, yeah, anyways... So Weeks was heavily, heavily involved with um, uh, 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 Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die. Um, he has writing credits on most of those songs. Um, but then, you know, in 2015, so this was in while they were producing Death of the Bachelor, like while they were in the writing and the production phases, um, in the middle of it, Yuri demotes Weeks to a touring member. Um, and... Basically, um, because of this, um, Dallin Weeks did not get any credits on the album um, for Death of a Bachelor, which means that for the most the most well-known, um, highest-played Panic album, Dallin Weeks gets zero royalties for. Yes. I, I was. If you weren't going to bring it up, I was going to say that's credits is how you make money. Yeah. So, um, like, I actually have a credit... On a couple songs, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I don't make a lot of money off rich. of it. But <laughs> um, so basically, it's uh, it's a little easy to, like, look at this sort of, like, dispute and be like, hey, um, I can literally hear Down Weeks' influence on a lot of the songs in Death of a Bachelor, but he still gets no credit for it. So. That is real trashy like also, he was a, he was a member during the creative like, process like an actual member yeah so. and as someone who's had to fire um someone from a band it is not a fun pro- like literally we it needed to happen on so many levels for so many reasons like 
basically this member was barely involved but still wanted a lot to say and but like kept taking on less and less responsibility and then was also expecting more and more credit or whatever and it was so hard to be like you know it's not gonna work anymore um and to just be able to do that over a creative disagreement to just like totally screw someone who like of like look at what Dallin Weeks has done since you know like Obviously, he's a good dude. He wants, you know, wants to make music and wants to do it right. And yeah, and that, okay, I'm starting to be salty towards Yuri. <laughs> and and you know, I think that I think that I don't know how has has the ability to sort of start to rival Panic in popularity. Of course, um, Panic had like a 20 year head start. Not not not. It was like a 15 year head start. But like, yeah, I mean. I will say I wasn't as impressed with I don't know how's live show as I thought I would be. We can talk about that, but, but we'll I talk thought about it was amazing. It was good. I only it's cried just, like three times. <laughs> I just from like a I've seen a lot of people live versus I prefer to listen to their music not live. And it's not that it wasn't talented, it's just the way they're set up, it's a drummer and a bassist, and they're very they stuck had a, where they, they had are. They had a guitarist. Oh, they on did on stage with them. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. They did, but like there wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't a lot of. Okay, I don't we'll, know. we'll talk we'll about, talk about, about that. It later. We're we're in the middle of something else. Okay. <laughs> so some more about Brendan Yuri. Okay, um, this anyways, I, oh, I you stopped me in the middle of my thought. Anyways, I'm um, Dell Weeks played with the band for maybe like one or two years after, during the uh, Death of the Bachelor tours. Um, that's but, nice of him. Oh yeah, of course he's a super nice guy. Also, how you make touring is how you make money. Yeah. Anyways. Although as a touring member, you don't get nearly as much money as an actual member. Yeah. Because you don't really get a whole lot. It, you, I think most of the time they just get like a paid. This is very specifically like agreed on salary. They don't get anything from merch sales, ticket sales, or anything. Yeah. So, anyways, Brendan Urie. Brendan Urie, the controversial, controversial character of the century. Not, not really. Um, but. He, he's done some very, very controversial stuff. Anyways, very early recently, sexual assault allegations from Dallin's wife, Breezy, um, and backed by Dallin, were made against Brendan Urie's bodyguard and close friend, Zach Hall. Um, according to Dallin and Breezy, Urie refused to address the problem at all at the time and still hasn't at this point. Um, Icky. Yeah. Um, Gross, I hate still that. Still continues to associate very closely with Zach Hall, even though there's literal, like, text evidence... Um, like photo evidence, screenshots, and all all the crap. That's so sad. Um. Anyways, so that's another reason why they left, the, why why he left the band because like his wife was getting sexually harassed by, um, somebody who is literally like close to them and all the time. And it's not being addressed. Yeah, but the people Brennan who are supposed Yuri, to care aren't caring. Just protecting his BFF. Um, which is so gross on so many levels. Yeah, and I understand how hard it is, but, like, it's possible, even with, like, the best of friends. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know, it's that sort of thing. And, I mean, I, I'm really starting not to like Yuri on so many levels. I'm so sorry that I'm turning you against him. <laughs> I just don't listen to all the, all the Panic music because well, I, I, like, I love his voice. But Yeah, I love his voice, and I, I there's, like, some songs are just absolute bangers, but... Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, ooh, he, I don't know if I want to support him if he's, he's supporting harassers and assaulters. Yeah, like 
And he's extremely narcissistic, which, I mean, a lot of people are. You have to be to get into the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, yeah. I'll <laughs> not go into that. <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> you know where I was going. Anyways. Um, I just some just some fun facts about Down Weeks. Um, Twenty One Pilots lead man Tyler Joseph, my boy, sung a verse on a Weeks solo project holiday song for Christmas. But because of Joseph's label, fueled by ramen, which is an excellent <laughs> label, um, his verse was cut from the song. Stop it! But you can still go back and listen to this Christmas song. Can't remember what it's called. Um, it's just under. Don Weeks on Spotify or whatever. Um, and you can still hear Joseph's backup vocals are still there. So, Cute. anyways, just not his verse. He didn't get the full verse, but Dang. it's such a shame because it's just like this little like side project thing that he was doing that was like this. Oh, we're doing doing a fun little Christmas song. Don Weeks has released like three separate, like just fun little holiday songs just on the side. That's cute. Things, anyways. Now it's time to talk about Ryan Seaman. He was so nice. The drummer. Okay. So he's from Park City, born in 1983. So, so yeah. two years younger than Don Weeks. Um, he doesn't have the same fame as Weeks. Um, so there's not as much information out there about him. But he has drummed for a lot of bands. Give it to me. Okay. Um, who is he drummed for? Okay. Here's here's a two truths and a lie. You know, some fun, fun bands. Oh, shoot. He has drummed for I Am Ghost. Road Circus and the Brobecks, which the Brobecks were a uh, that's a lie. band started. Which one? Brobecks. No, it's the truth. Oh, so, so that's that's where they met. Yeah, that's where they met. Um, he did some drumming for the Brobecks uh, a couple of times, um, and so that's sort of where they got little buddy buddy, and we're like, you know, developed that's that fun. connection. So, so they kind of had like a little reunion. Yeah, the band that he didn't play it for was Road Circus because that's not a band. <laughs> I'm like, I've not heard of Road Circus. Yeah, basically he's played for like a lot of like smaller bands except for um, the biggest one, Falling in Reverse. Um, so it's like a, I can't remember like what the genre distinction is, but it's like, uh, like I think it's like called like new metal or something like that. It's like yeah, post, yeah, post, yeah. postmodern metal. Um, my friend MJ is really into Falling, Falling in, in reverse. reverse. They're pretty good, and they have some, like, popular songs. Like, I never heard of them, but, like, they're technically more popular than I don't know how. But, anyways. I, I mean, Falling in Reverse is big enough that I, I mean, I definitely went through a really big alternative punk phase. Actually, that was, like, my first big phase of music, and it lasted for a very long time. Like, I never personally got into them, but... They always show up in my like recommended for you, but nice. I'm very loyal to my to the bands I listen to during that phase. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> nice. but now they're all apparently like groomers and abusers. So yeah, well, um, you know, starting to see a pattern here. So Ryan Simon ah! hopped on out of there. Um, although I don't know how wasn't formed until 2016. Um, whoa, really? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! I thought they whoa. Okay, they've really built a name for themselves really quickly, though. Yeah, yeah. Because by 2018, they were touring and they were well-known, in my opinion. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that Holy real smokes. quick. Okay, but even though it wasn't formed until 2016, um, Seaman played drums on Dallin's solo Christmas releases <laughs> since 2014. 
nice. So we just got like all these big names just doing this little like side Christmas project, you know. And this is very much the culture of like the people who are in the fictionists. Like um, most of the members from, so in Provo, there's like some pretty big bands. There's like the fictionists and there's the strike. And even though the strike, um, they basically have their own Brendan Urie and all the original members have left. And since then, like everyone just keeps leaving because he's kind of awful to work with apparently. He's great to his audience and he's great to venue managers, but to his actual band members, apparently he kind of sucks. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what I've been told by his past former members of his band. Um, like, they all go play for Stu Cool now, or they'll all play for Joseph Sandholtz or um, Garen Brett. Like, yeah, there, there's just some some bands like Panic as well. That, just play for that each you just, other. Well, that that just like hemorrhage band members and you just start to wonder huh i wonder Hmm. why that is but i mean i think yeah i have my thoughts on the strike of they were actually my first provo band i ever got into back in 2014 and i messaged them and i'm like hey i have this like my my freshman showcase slash audition where to get into like the big concert you kind of have to go all out and i was like i wanted to do first love song with the trumpets and stuff, but I, to make mm. it easier for my band, I want to get the whatever tabs or whatever they might have. And so I emailed them and they're like, yeah, let's get that to you. But then they never got it to me. And then I met the trombonist like right before COVID. And he was like, I remember you emailing us. And now you're like in promo. Yeah. That's so cool. And then he gave me the sheet music <laughs> like years later. It's not even on Spotify to listen to anymore, but that's, that was Chris got rid of it off of Spotify, so those band members couldn't get streaming credits for it. That's how like petty he was. Really? Wow. He risked like his own money to. That's funny. Yeah. Anyways. All right. True or false? False. <laughs> Just no. no tell, tell okay. Me. <laughs> um, I don't know how started as a down week solo project with music he wrote on the road while touring with Panic. True. It's true. He he started. He started writing some songs that um, that Brendan Urie just didn't want, and so that's that's how I don't know how it started, because uh, Dallin Weeks is a very talented lyricist. Did the, did he have the name in mind while he was touring? Um, that sort of okay. True or false? Ooh, ooh. I don't know how's name is inspired by a Doc Brown quote from Back to the Future. True. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, the the name originates from Back to the Future, um, but. Um, it sort of has a double meaning because um, in the first few months of 2016, they only played secret shows and they gave out no specific band name due to their involvements in Panic and Falling in Reverse at the time. Um, I love that. Yeah. So basically, they're, you know, they, they, they had to play in secret because they were like involved in heavy, like, really important bands at the time and they didn't want to like try to steal the spotlight at all they were trying to just like which is so kind of them considering yeah. the crap that Dylan was being put through by yuri mm-hmm. yeah anyways um and we don't really know a lot about what ryan was going through at the time either but yeah um i don't know how it was technically a local band um although they've never really had like a like a home base like center um, just because they've always Is Ryan from been, Utah? Um, yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yes, he's from Park City. 
Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, but I was going to say, Ryan was really cool backstage because there was a younger kid back there. He had been working with the hospitality people all day, like the the caterers. Yeah. And But he's like a huge, I don't know how fan, like mm-hmm. maybe eight. Like he's a young kid. Yeah. And he got so, like he literally just had like a little spasm excitement when he saw Dallin walking by. And Ryan was like, go say hi to him. And he like literally picked up this kid and made him go, <laughs> go meet Dallin Weeks. And I'm like, Aww. that is so cute. So nice. I, I love I'm him jealous. now. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So. However, after playing their secret shows during 2016, they both left their bands in 2017. Um, they started marketing, fully fledged marketing, presenting it, themselves as a found footage artist. Um, I don't know how. What does was, that mean? According to marketing, an old band from the 80s that was just being discovered now, like their tapes had just recently been recovered. Oh. Um, which is which is the time when the re- marketing reached me and I started listening to them back like in back 2017. To, so this is like a Back to the Future reference. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Vaguely. Yeah. Although their their first um, EP is called the 1981 Extended Play, which 1981 is important for two reasons. One, just being that it like is fitting the style of the music that they're putting out. But number two, it's the year that Dallin was born. So, cool. you know... He's got he's got a lot of these like double meanings like hidden in a lot of things, and it's really fun to like go in and pick apart the lyrics because there's it's they're just saturated with irony and double meanings and like it's it's crazy crazy stuff. My mom loves I don't know if I've ever told, she loves I don't know how I'm I understand why she didn't choose to come to Fork Fest even though she was in town, but like she. You are actually the one I think who got her into it because I think I showed her your your Spotify profile so she could listen to your music and then she went into mm-hmm. like your playlist yeah. and then she was like this band is so cool and I'm like I've showed you them I've showed you this band so many times she's like I don't know I don't care yeah. Derek Derek obviously did better it's, than you <laughs> it's like uh, I, I I I like to say that I listen to a lot of bands before they're they're like popular and cool um, and I technically listened to I don't know how before they were like popular but they were always cool and they were always they were basically always popular because they came from fame so well i like my one of mine is aurora um who is now known for that (laughs) on frozen (laughs) yeah like the really high um but i really liked her i'm like oh she's like an opera singer who's bringing in like operatic themes into pop music cool i love this experimental stuff and she only had like I think it was 2,000 monthly listeners when I found her, and now she's huge. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I found <Yeah>. her. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, they aren't they aren't doing this, like, whole, like, found footage, like, marketing anymore. No. <laughs> um, because now they're, like, appearing on, like, television, and they're trying to just make, like, a wider appeal. They're not trying to make this, like, niche little, like, cult status. But <laughs> it's too bad. They really bad. tried. It's too bad. Um, they just got too popular too fast. So dang. I know. Poor what them. a shame. It was really cute. One of the things <laughs> cute Dallas said while um on stage was like, um, I I do this for my wife and my kid, you know? Like I thank you for supporting me so I can support them. And so I like he really does the music for the love of music, but also 
but also to support his family because he's not getting all the royalties he should be getting. Yeah. He should be getting more money, but you know. Like, if he had money from the royalties from Panic at the Disco, he could have easily retired very comfortably by now. Yeah. If he wanted to. So, I guess we just got to thank Brendan Urie for, I don't know how his existence, because, you know, (laughs) it's all because he was greedy that I don't know how exists. I don't know. I'm I'm sure that Dallin Weeks would still be doing music for the rest of his life anyways. Oh, 100%. But it, it might not be the same thing. It might not be as successful. It's not be as passion fueled. Yeah. Anyways, fun fact. I've got a lot of these. Down Weeks has listed David Bowie, Elvis, and the Ink Spots as his primary influences. True. On the band, yeah. I know this because he was wearing a David Bowie-esque sh- jacket. You you know you know the popular Ink Spots song. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to set the world <laughs> on fire. Uh, yeah, gotta love, gotta love the Fallout soundtrack, you know, it's bringing so back the the oldies, but oldies but goodies. <laughs> I just think it's, I, I just think it's funny that he's like got like a '40s band listed as an inspiration for his '80s band, <laughs> but you know. But you you do hear it at least, yeah, you hear mm-hmm. it. Well, it's it's all about the lyricism. Um, like the I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. Like oh, it's that so sort of cute. it's that sort of like, you know, like apocalyptic like view into things that like just like there's like finding like the good in the darkness. But like sort of that like uh I don't know. It's it's fun. Just go listen to I don't know how and pull up their lyrics and um maybe read like in between the lines because it's all about the irony. He one hundred percent wants you to read between the lines. Yeah, it's so good. It's it's like straight up Shakespeare, so you know. And it's also just fun to listen to and sing along yeah. with. Oh yeah, he he writes like super catchy tunes. So and like his timings are always fun. Like like his breaks. I love a band that can put in good breaks and then come back in super strong. Like yeah, just feel so good. Anyways. Yeah. How much more do we got? Um, this is this is basically all I got. Unless you want to. Talk about anything else at Forkfest. What was your favorite part of working um, Forkfest? <laughs> I mean, my favorite part was when I when I was relieved of duty. Um, I worked for like three hours directing traffic. I'm so sorry. No that worries. was not you were not supposed to work traffic. I, I had know. you at merch, um, uh, the merch stand with Libby, but, but then Camille moved you. Yeah. Thank you for stepping in. So, um, I did get a really nice tan though. So. Okay, so my freckles are popping. All week I like see myself in the mirror and I'm like, wait, how did that happen? Oh, right. I was in the sun for 14. I didn't get sunburned. Mm-hmm. My Irish self did not get sunburned. And yeah. I don't think I ever really, I put on sunblock once. Nice. You did not hear that, mom. Yeah, I had, I put on sunblock like four times, but I still got burnt. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I actually went to the grocery store and bought myself like my own sun sunscreen so next time i'm outside i don't have to like beg from other people i just forgot mine in the car and then my car was too far away mm-hmm. but like you were in the shade for a lot of the time right yeah pretty much mm, yeah the only time well i was out walking around a lot um because this year we had usually i'm at the check-in all day but we had volunteers who like that was their whole thing which was fine so they had me going around um and supporting camille and communications between like artists and backstage managers and 
whatever. Like, I was very, I was much more mobile, and I tried to stick to the shady paths, but I did spend two hours in direct sun while dancing to my friend's sets. Nice. Well, do you have, I, I mean, so my <sighs> favorite performance was, I don't know how, I got to be, like, right up there in the mix of all the things, and um, I, I, I get your critiques about the performance, but it was very well, they treated it as a, um, like, as an actual show rather than just, like, a music set, um, and I think that's, yeah. like, the biggest difference between smaller bands and the bands that have, like, you know, been putting on shows for, like, a long time and are, like, pros at it, is that they, they treat it as, like, a different beast like it's literally like a musical i feel like actually last year not so much um the small new baby high schooler bands not so much but i i do feel like this the other bands like this i think was the solaris and little sunfish i feel like they actually did turn it into a show unlike last year but yeah i think I didn't like the forest stage this year whenever I stopped by because it really was just that, like, a music set. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's such a magical area, you can do so much with it, and then but people didn't take the opportunity. Well, it's just so hard to get everything, like, down together. Like, Down Weeks has had, like, 20 years to get his onstage persona And down he to was able point. to take the full year and a half off. Oh, yeah. They, I that think, was their first show back I since I think the most COVID. amazing thing is that, like, how prepared they were and how much, like... Well, he was so nervous. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he was pacing backstage. And I was like, yeah. this is so human. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah. It just gives me hope that maybe I could I could be, like, a good live performer, even though that's not really the thing that I want to do. But, you know. <laughs> I think you could. I, I like could, your I sets. Just, I, I just not, like... I, being on stage scares me. And, like, I've had, like, so long to work through all of, the, like, the, the whole, like, stage fright but like it's not even just like the stage fright per se but i don't know it's it's i mean there's a lot of like hollywood actors who hate performing in front of live audiences just because it's so nerve-wracking yeah so like there's there's just sometimes sometimes there's a stage fright that you can never like actually get over but yeah i'm actually i do better live than ever in recordings like Mm -hmm. like even like is is it just about like the energy Yes, I am very energy dri- Like in high school, my it, it would kill my professor, or not my professors, my teachers, because they're like, in class I did really well because I would feed off the energy of like my classmates. But that was that was when I was most scared. I, I freak out during auditions personally. Like I do, I, I get so nervous for auditions. Like I literally passed out before my first choir audition freshman year. Yeah, I've never had a good audition. Because, like, auditions scare me worse than live performances just because they have the potential to, like, change your life for the next few months. Yeah. But whereas if you do bad at a live performance, like, the worst that's going to happen is people are like, eh, it wasn't that good and they might not like you as much. I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know. Yeah. But if you do bad in an audition, then you just get left out. So. Dang. Anyways. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like. I've, I always do fine during a live performance, but just, like, the anxiety that, like, builds up in anticipation of the performance is, like, super stressful. Well, I, like, 
Well, because me, I plan out everything. And that's, I really like working with Rally because me and Alec kind of have the same brain. Well, I definitely have the same brain as Sean, but especially Alec of like the in-ears, this is what we're going to do exactly when, like we're going to add in this little bit. Um, And I think like my, my biggest thing from critiques, my notes to them were, we need to fix your in-ears because something was going wrong with them and it mm-hmm. was making your harmonies bad and we need to make it a little bit more personal. Um, I mean, it's not like a dial and week set where they have an hour and could go as long as they want, but they should talk a little bit more about their songs. I think. I yeah. I, I, I just, I just think that's so funny because whenever there's like a loud show, when people are playing loud, the monitor mix is always bad. Like that, you can never uh-huh. get it right when everything's too loud. So I, I don't, I don't even know why, why, why. Can you tell can you, me why concerts oh. are always so loud? Um, it is part of it is atmospherics. It's subwoofers. It's making yeah. sure that the music is heard over any talking. Yeah, um, I, I that's guess why the lore is like really, I like notoriously hard to mix is because it's such a small space, but they need it so loud. Cause or else Corey's in the back shushing people, which yeah. people hate. <laughs> yeah, like I understand that. Like, it, it's just it's just so frustrating because I think that concerts are always just a bit louder than like they need to be in order to like fully appreciate the music. And you you can you can always bring in earplugs and like even if you but even if you splurge on like nice earplugs, it's not going to be the same as if it was mixed well, but just like 10 decibels quieter. It's also like, so experience, right? Yeah. Um, it's also an accessibility thing mm-hmm. because hard of hearing, but also like we had a group of deaf people come to Fork Fest Oh yeah. This and year. you can, you can feel. Uh, yeah. And that, the whole thing was that they were able to come and like feel the music. Yeah. Um, you feel the bass ripple through your body. Yeah. And like we, I think Derek and I's like biggest point of, (laughs) uh, fighting is subtitles because I have a really hard time processing when people are talking to me or like understanding what people are saying or singing. Like Derek literally translates rally songs to me, like the band I manage. (laughs) And like, when it's louder, it's easier for me to block out everything else and just hear the yeah, music. Yeah. And so I process it better. So that's why I like live music is because it's like, yes, I get to forget who I am and just hear the music and I love it. But yeah. I don't know. When the music's too loud, I can't hear the lyrics anyways because the mix is always just like yeah. blaring in your face. But <sighs> anyways. Anyways. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Shout out to Sego. They were my second favorite they band. They were so there. good. They were really good. Um, they caused me a little bit of grief. Okay, they got me in trouble because they did something they weren't supposed to. No, wait, that was another band. Never mind. Okay, how dare you badmouth them? You... It, they checked in at the same time because Sego showed yeah. up early, which I love, but... <laughs> I don't know how I was there for the entire day and they didn't perform until like 10. I had to tell people that they had gone back to their hotel. That was part of the writer. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, um, shout out to Beeson, um, Jane Beeson and Carson Ripley. Killed who, it. Yeah, they did great. And Avery. Don't forget Avery. Yeah. Bass I, player. I, I also don't part know of her, the Rubies. But, you know. She's really good. She's really talented. Um, I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen since before COVID, uh-huh. which is nice. And uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm prepping for a live performance. 
So Woo. June, not yeah, not June, July, 10th. July tenth. <laughs> You, you can feel the anxiety through the microphone. I'm very excited. I can't wait. It's going to be the first time I get to meet your mom. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, she knows you very well from the podcast. I, so. I know. <laughs> she messaged me once on Instagram. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I know a lot about her through you, but I'm like also very nervous because I'm like, I'm meeting my best friend's mom. <laughs> what if she yeah. hates me? <laughs> Hey, and you'll probably meet a lot of my extended family too. So. I'm very excited. It's going to be a fun, fun little... Get together. I don't. I don't know. I'll. I'll see. I'll see. What if I goes. rented a bus to drive? I and and everyone from and, Provo. Uh, I've got some good talent lined up. We'll. We'll see how. <gasps> Did you get that person? Not yet. Okay. If you want, I can reach out to them on your behalf. <laughs> no, nah, it would. It, it would have to be. It would have to be me because I'm like really good friends with them. So, well, not really good friends, just friends. But. Dang. <gasps> okay. Well. I just want to talk to Derek now, so we're going <laughs> to... Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> I'm Derek Thornton. I'm B. Golding. Thank you for listening to Two Truths and a Dozen Lies.